This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to In the Workplace on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again are Professor Peter Capelli and Dan O'Mara. Uh, we're going to talk about job satisfaction this half hour, and with us is Robin Erickson, who's a principal researcher at the Conference Board and author of a new report about job satisfaction. Robin, welcome. Hi, Peter. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for your continued support of the Conference Board. Uh, our pleasure. And, uh, Robin, tell us a little bit about, maybe just before we get into jo- the, re- the report itself, a little bit about uh, why you folks are interested in job satisfaction. This is not new, right? Conference Board's been looking at this for a while, yeah? Uh, we have. We've been uh, actually measure- measuring job satisfaction for the last 32 years. 32? Mm. Since 1987. Ooh. Why are people interested in this? So I know you've studied this, uh, and you probably studied it in your Ph.D. and stuff. But why do people care about job satisfaction? I think people care about job satisfaction since uh, it's a number that's tied to the tightness of the labor market in yep. many situations. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen that over the recent years with uh, job satisfaction going down uh, immediately during and after the recession, and yep. then job satisfaction slowly increasing since then. And I think uh, here's another reason why we should care whether people are miserable or not. We should. (laughs) And if you've heard the reports, job engagement or employee engagement is not the same as job satisfaction. Yes, right, right. Engagement is actually lower than job satisfaction, but we believe job satisfaction is a precursor to engagement. Yeah, I I find engagement kind of a uh, a, a strange uh, uh, construct. Uh, But let's talk about uh, satisfaction here for a bit. As I recall... The highest job satisfaction, and I wasn't there, uh, ever recorded was in the Great Depression. Why would you guys stand? Job satisfaction? Yeah. Because people were satisfied that they had a job and they weren't starving out in the food line. And the social support systems at that point were a whole lot less than they are today. Bingo. Uh, so it used to be that job satisfaction actually went up in recessions, it it's precisely for that reason. Uh, but, Robin, that has not been the case um, since then, I guess, yeah? No, that you are exactly right. So um, in the last 15 years or so, we've seen that job satisfaction was, there was a high um, at the beginning of the 2000. Um, it was 50, 50.7%. Uh, the year in 1995, it was actually up to 58%, and the highest we had was 1987 in the recent years. Yeah. At 61.1%. percent hmm And then uh, job satisfaction started falling and got to a low in 2010 of only 42.6%. So much less than half of Americans were satisfied. Yeah, and a big drop. So if you look at that recession, uh, which starts at the end of 2008, but people really start getting laid off in 2009. Correct. um, And looking at your numbers, job satisfaction is almost 49% and then drops pretty quickly uh, to the low, that low of about forty-two. Low 42. Of 42.6. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, why do you think it is? I, I'll give you my guess. But what do you what do you think's going on in in that? Why was job satisfaction dropping, even though um, the people who were reporting are the people who still had a job and they're looking around and everybody else is losing their jobs? What do you think's going on? I think it was because people didn't have options. Uh, one of the other uh, figures that we've looked at is that as unemployment goes down in this country, voluntary turnover. Or the quits rate goes up. Yep. It's almost a mirror image. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and actually at one point I measured the correlation and it was a negative 0.96. Yep. Yeah, and wow. as you know, those sorts of correlations don't happen very often in mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. So, but when there there was a recession um, with so many layoffs, people just didn't have any choices. I think so they stayed where they were at, whether they were satisfied or not. Yep, uh, I think that's right. I, here's here's my sense of that too. I, I think if you went back uh, generations or so before, you would not have seen that correlation uh, with quits because. Um, Companies weren't hiring from the outside in, in the same way, right? So, um, But I think now for sure you do. I, I think, you know, a generation ago during a downturn, if you had a job, you felt pretty good about it. I think now during the downturn, the other thing that changed is that companies started whacking the current employees too. Yes. You know, they and started... them to do more with less. Yeah, yeah, more with less. And they started cutting benefits and they yep. started squeezing things, right? So um, so you're comparing yourself not so much to the other unemployed people around you, but where well, you look pretty good, but you're comparing yourself to what you were like a year ago, yeah. right? right? So now workload's gone up, benefits are cut, oh my God. And your, and, friend, your friend just got laid off and it's, you know, very sad, survivor guilt. That too. A real too. Thing. Yeah. And you feel you might get laid off at any moment here. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So what did you see this year with respect to job satisfaction? What are you seeing? So well, there's good news and bad news. Okay. The good news is, is that job satisfaction increased this year 2.7% from last year. Okay. And that 2.7 percentage points is the second largest increase in the survey's 32-year history. Wow. That sounds yeah. pretty fabulous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, so here's the bad news. Overall, job satisfaction, though, is 53.7%, and it's only 53.7%. Okay. Which means that just the small majority of American workers are satisfied with their jobs. Okay. Uh, let's go to the climbing. So it starts climbing since uh, 2010. We know that wages have been pretty flat for this period. Why do, why do you think it's going up? Is this just because we stopped beating ourselves up in 2010, or... Because, as you say, people have more options, so they're... So we've actually tracked uh, wages as well. Okay. And uh, we think that, as I had mentioned earlier, that the more economic components of a job, so your job security, right, your wages, um, they're very correlated with overall job satisfaction. And so back in 2010, um, you know, satisfaction was was low with all three of those things, with job security, with wages, and with overall job satisfaction. And they've all increased almost 10% since that recession. Hmm. Okay. So uh, right now we see that uh, job security is at 59.2% okay. satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Satisfaction with wages is at 46.4%. Hmm. Hmm. And obviously then the overall satisfaction is 53.7%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so those components are going up. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the aspects of satisfaction. So satisfaction is kind of overall measure, right? You ask people how satisfied are you with your job, but then you could ask them about each little part of it. Right? Correct. And what sorts of things are people most satisfied with? So we actually asked two questions this year. Okay. Uh, or we analyzed two questions. So the first question, as you said, is to look at the components of job satisfaction. So we measured overall job satisfaction, and then we looked at 23 different components to see what U.S. workers were most satisfied with. Okay. And at the very top of the list, uh, U.S. workers are most satisfied with five different things, and it's almost a five-way tie, um, all around 60%. So that's commute to work. 
Okay. The people at work, hmm. their interest in work, the physical environment, and job security. Huh. Uh, cool. Let's pause on those for a minute because it's kind of a little puzzling. <clears throat> Excuse me, because you also hear stories right now that uh, people are still kind of concerned about layoffs, Correct. about the possibility of layoffs. But uh, overall, it's probably hasn't. Maybe that's more recent than the than the than the data. Than the data is that Perhaps right? Perhaps a little bit. I also think that if you think about it, if job security is fifty nine point two percent, that means that over forty percent of people are concerned about their job security. Yeah. So that's a pretty that's high number. Mm-hmm. So it actually, I think, fits, and I think that number actually will uh, be higher this year. Yeah, right. Probably right. Commute to work. um, That's interesting because most people, you would think, really hate commutes. Except for the fact that they choose it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. When they take the job. Right. That's what we thought was most interesting about their choice. Four of those things. Yep. They pick the commute to work. Yep. They pick the people at work that they want to hang out with. with, Right. Mm -hmm. They may not be able to pick the people they work with every day. Yeah. Yeah. Pick the people they hang out with. Right. They pick a role based on whether or not they're interested in the work. Mm-hmm. And they've interviewed in the location, and they know what the physical environment's going to look like. Okay. So the things that employees are most satisfied with are items that they've had agency in choosing. Yep, yep. So if you asked emplo- em- the average respondent uh, what their uh, co-workers were like, as opposed to the people they hang out with. I mean, can you, you know what I'm saying there? Could you tease out what the average person in my company is like? Do you think you get a really different response? I think we might. Again, job satisfaction is looking at whether or not people are content with their job. Okay. Whereas engagement's looking at are they motivated by it? Are they enthusiastic? Um, are they willing to give discretionary effort to the company? Yeah. Um, so I think that the people who are more engaged might have better relationships with their uh, colleagues, but I think a lot of times satisfaction just looks at, you know, I'm happy to pay my bills and create a better life for my kids mm-hmm. and my family than, than I had. Yep. Yeah, probably true. Uh, what is it that people really don't like about their jobs? So what people don't like the most is the bonus plan, mm. followed by the promotion policy. Ah. Followed by performance review process. Yeah, that's surprising. That one doesn't surprise me. Yeah. The next one is education and job training programs. I think one of the things that organizations have cut back on in recent years is their commitment to learning. Uh, it was a cost that was easy to cut, I believe, uh, during the recession, and I'm not sure that it's come back where it needs to be. Yeah, probably true. The last item that employees are least satisfied with are, is recognition and acknowledgement. Okay. So let's talk about those for a second, because the bottom five, four of them are all about, in one way or the other, rewards. Correct. Um, does that surprise you, Dan? doesn't surprise me at all. doesn't surprise have, you. Most people don't have any control over those things. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Although there's a bunch of other things here, like health plan and sick leave, vacation policy, all those sorts of things that they don't control either. Um, so I, I guess I'm not surprised either. But I wonder what it is you could do about this. I mean, I wonder if to, to what extent, for example, this is simply because people think they're far better than they actually are, and we all think we're worth more than we actually are. Yes, um, maybe there's a little that's bit of bias it. in that. What do you think, Dan? Got a sense? I'm not sure. No? I can't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, it so, is interesting. So Peter, I, have a, I have another theory, though. Go ahead. We'll try. We're pro theory. Go ahead. So, so one of the things that we did this year in the conference board's job satisfaction 
analysis was to say, okay, we know what people are most satisfied with, those components, but how important are those components to their satisfaction? Okay, yeah. Overall. So I, don't, I, I hate this, but it's not that it doesn't matter that much to me, right? You like, hate it. Why like, do you hate it? Well, like, so I might say, look, I hate the food at this restaurant. Oh, 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 oh. But I don't go there. So, right. exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so the really, really interesting thing is that when you ask, when you did, when we did the correlation analysis to find out what mattered the most to people, yep. what, what those drivers of satisfaction were, mm-hmm. would you like to know uh, what the, so the, the highest level of satisfaction is this commute? And the lowest correlation to satisfaction is commute. Hmm. Uh, satisfied with it. Oh, I see. So right, they right. Chose it, I see, but it, it doesn't, doesn't impact their overall satisfaction. Yeah, doesn't drive their overall satisfaction very much, right? Yeah, I guess I could, I could see that. And as you say, partly because uh, it's something which is un, sort of unrelated to the other things. It, right. It's so, not. Ha- it doesn't happen at work. It's all about getting to work, right? Right. So and maybe these other things. Usually yeah. a choice. And okay. So that we look. That really sort of. There are a few interesting things came out of this second analysis. One was that the things that people that were both low drivers, like they didn't matter as much, and they had low satisfaction levels, were basically things around benefits plans, which huh. people knew when they started, right? Yeah. So those okay. are sort of table stakes. Okay. Um, and then if you think about a two-by-two, two, right, everybody wants to be in that upper right quadrant, so the high driver, high satisfaction. We had some items that basically people said that they – were important to their satisfaction, but not as people were only moderately satisfied with them. Okay. So what then, what were the drivers then? What were the big ones? So, well, and then I was just going to say, and then on okay. the bottom right, we had the things that were the highest drivers, that's the lowest satisfaction. Okay. And those are the six areas that we really think organizations should be focusing on. Okay. Things like work-life balance and workload, which we talked about, you know, obviously that happens during a recession when companies are laying people off and doing more with less. Okay. Uh, there's the performance review, which remember, yeah. very few people are actually satisfied with it, but it does influence their overall satisfaction to mm-hmm. a degree. Mm-hmm. Recognition and acknowledgement, which the same could be said about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number one of those issues was potential for future growth. Oh. And mm-hmm. uh, and then sort of an interesting one that got thrown in here was also communication channels. Right. I don't think any of us expected communication channels to be so important. What does that mean that we we don't we're not getting information from our boss or something? Is that what they're saying? Or over getting too much information? Too much. Either we're okay. not getting the right information, or there's not enough transparency of that communication. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Uh, Okay, so that makes some sense. Uh, Potential for future growth. That doesn't surprise me because there's not much in most places, right? (laughs) I think the big issue in today's society is that um, a lot of organizations don't have what we're calling a total talent mobility program. They might have a global mobility program for overseas roles. They might have the beginnings of an internal mobility program just for leaders, mm-hmm. for high potential talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, when the average uh, length of tenure for a worker uh, below age 35 is only 2.7 or 2.8 years, yep. basically they take a year to learn their job, they do their job well for a year, and then they spend 0.7 or 0.8 looking for a new job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, organizations need to be doing a better job of showing a potential career path to their employees, yeah. that there is potential yeah. for future growth. And 
uh, one of the ways I like to think about it is, is if you're a leader in an organization and you're not willing to help your talent move, basically then you're just expecting them to wait for you to die. <laughs> right, there's a happy thought. Uh, folks, we're talking with Robin Erickson, who's principal researcher at the Conference Board, about a new report she authored on job satisfaction. They do this every year at the Conference Board. And, uh, you know, one thing I found uh, surprising in your results here about what drives satisfaction is that wages, I think I think most employers seem to think that wages are the big driver, uh, but they're really not. It correlates with job performance sort of in the middle, exactly. about 50%. And people are not really as they're not as unhappy with wages as they are with a bunch of other things like promotion policies in particular and and training and things like that right which but, is but they don't matter as much as yeah. some of those things that we just mentioned right, or right. things like uh their actual supervisor the quality of the environment uh yeah those things are more important than wages and i think it actually fits with the academic research that says you know oftentimes wages will uh someone who's motivated by money will look switch jobs more quickly because then they'll theoretically have a higher salary. Um, and if you stay in a company longer, sometimes there's wage compression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, but by and large, I think most people are motivated by more than just wages. Mm. I think a lot of people know that they could get paid more if they went somewhere else. Here's one I saw uh, Friday. I was at a, a, an event um, uh, that the folks at McKinsey put together, and somebody had a presentation there, um, and this was data I think they said was from uh, – the Gallup organization, but don't don't quote me on that. No one's, well, of course, everybody is <laughs> listening. No one right? will know. No one will know. Anyway, here's what the study, uh, what they reported, and that is they said 63%, as I recall, of Americans said they would give up a wage increase if they could get their boss fired. Wow. Isn't that great? <laughs> so anyway, you want to know what's most interesting about that number? Oh, yeah, what? Is that uh, if you... It's not higher? Well, no, if only 34% of Americans are, in, are of U.S. workers are engaged, uh-huh. the other 63% would give up a wage increase. Yeah, I'm engaged. I just want to get her <laughs> fired. Get right? fired right? Yeah, very cool. So let's ask you about some data about uh, ages. Who is most satisfied about what? Is it true that uh, uh, old people are happier? What's the What's the evidence saying? Because, you know, in terms so of life... true in the past. In terms of life satisfaction, that's true. It, and, and it has been true in the past that okay. older workers were happier. Yeah. Um, and we have an interesting uh, we have an interesting chart that shows how the trend has changed over the years. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm asking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can see back in 2015 that there was a lot of variability in terms of what mattered the most to different workers. And tell me, make sure I'm reading this right, the top bar there um, was 35 to 54-year-olds. Were they the happiest in 1915? I mean, 2015? In 2015, um, you can see that the uh, people who were the happiest were the actual uh, under 35. Under 35, okay. Oh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. In in 2015, the under 35s were the happiest. Okay. And there was the biggest difference between... The under 35s and everyone who was older than that. Yeah. Um, okay. And then in 2018, the happiness of the under 35s has come down, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the happiness of the older workers, 35 and above, has actually gone up. Jumped sharply. How are you so feeling, right now, Dan? Everybody's about the same amount of satisfied. So Dan, Dan and I are driving this one up. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can add me to that as well. Yeah, so, there you go. months on the calendar towards retirement <laughs> as the stock market goes up. Right. What do you think is driving that? You know what, Peter? We don't actually know. Yeah, I don't um, either. It, I think it does uh, warrant additional research. Yeah. Uh, because here's the other interesting thing. The satisfaction with wages uh-huh. for the under 35 went up. Did it? And okay. their overall job satisfaction went down. Huh. And so from this big data set, we don't have uh, enough research to sort of dig into that. But it's definitely something that we're, we're thinking about. How can, we, how can we look at that? Yeah, okay. Interesting. And let's talk about job market. You see differences across the country. We do. And uh, Where are we happiest? So basically, people are happiest in the areas where they think uh, there's fastest population growth. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, and, but that is because fast population growth signals this is a good place to be. They're and, and that both driven by the same thing? Yep, and that there's more jobs. And so hmm. Minnesota and Colorado have the highest job satisfaction. Um, Colorado is the highest at 61.6%, oh, wow. followed by hmm. Minnesota at 598 uh-huh. And we were very interested to see that Massachusetts had the lowest job satisfaction at only 41%. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And in yeah, here, but Let's not draw too much from this. As I'm looking at the map here, the difference between the highest and the lowest of the 50 is, is as you say, Massachusetts at 41, and the highest is roughly 60. Yeah. Plus 20%. That, that, 20%, Dan, yeah, not that, that, But among 50, 50 different states, that's not a huge swing. Uh, well... None, are, none are higher than well, but I, 60, none are lower than 40. But you're all in the same country. The fact that there's any difference might be a little surprising. Well, uh, and if you look at the map, you can see that job satisfaction is generally lowest in the northeast and pockets of the south. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that job satisfaction is generally ha- uh, the highest in the southwest and in pockets of the midwest. Uh, w- mm, yeah, and so the question is, why is that, right? Because it, it doesn't seem neatly uh, related to unemployment, right? So we uh, have hypothesized that we think that there's greater satisfaction in states with faster population growth. Yeah, and but again, but I think why? this is another area that deserves some more research. Uh, but why would you be happy someplace with your job simply because the community around you is growing? It seems to me the community around you is growing because of something about the place which you might like and. Maybe that might be driving your job satisfaction, but that's not so obvious either because you would think places everybody finds attractive, like Florida, um, would be ones where people are happier. And uh, why is Massachusetts be so un- relatively unhappy? That's so a little another surprising. analysis that we did is in this particular survey, we had over 2,000 respondents, and we asked the respondents whether or not they thought jobs were plentiful in their okay. area yeah. or did they think that they were hard to get. Okay. And so we found some interesting things. So the people who thought jobs were plentiful were, on average, 22% more satisfied in all the categories across the board. Mm. So okay. um, that's a pretty big swing, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you're looking at you know, overall satisfaction for those who think jobs are plentiful yep. is... Uh, 64%. Okay. And then the uh, those who think jobs are hard to get overall satisfaction is only 55%. Mm-hmm. So it's a 29% swing. Hmm. Let me throw out a very different theory for anything you've discussed. Maybe the job satisfaction is driven not by things extrinsic to the individual, like job growth or good job, et cetera. 
but things within the individual that some people are just miserable or hardwired to be miserable. Mm-hmm. Some truth and to that. they're going to be unsatisfied with their job. Even when they get the perfect job, they're happy two weeks, then they're miserable with it. And other people are just happier. So they, they adjust mm-hmm. and they, they move mm-hmm. on. They're going to be happy with their job, et cetera. We're going to call this the Omera effect, yes, yes. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Well, remember I said that there was some good news and bad news, right? We had the highest increase in job satisfaction, second highest increase in 32 years. Yeah. But it's still just over 50%. Yeah. So I think you're right, Dan. Well, there is evidence of that. It's that, that, there's, um, that there are differences across people, but also that it's dispositional. And that is that if you looked at your job satisfaction over your lifetime, it doesn't vary all that much. That people do recalibrate. Life satisfaction, too. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then ex- still explaining the regional variations, the age variations, is, is a little puzzling. And let's get to one which is sure to su- surprise some folks, I guess, and where your, um, where your gender gender uh, neutral hat here and um, before you listen to the gender differences so tell us a little about those Rob and these are quite striking particularly the drivers of satisfaction yes so uh, so that's the one you want me to look at so yeah we, the, we looked at the satisfaction of men and women overall yeah talk about that men first are slightly more satisfied than women but only 1.7 percent yeah so that's really not very big swing but when you look at what they're satisfied and dissatisfied about, very different. Correct. Yeah. So, so tell us, what are you seeing? they look at the components of actual satisfaction, yep. the 23 things that we looked at, not what's most important to them, not the drivers, but the actual levels of satisfaction, yep. women are actually more satisfied with 11 of the 23. So almost half, right? Because 11 and 12 is 23. Mm-hmm. So um, women are slightly more happy with... 11 of the components, men are slightly more satisfied with 12 of the components. Yep. And um, the biggest areas that women are more satisfied are with their commute to work, yep. with the performance review process, with the physical environment, and the work-life balance and job security. So let me suggest a hypothesis for that one, or an explanation for that one. Uh, and that is, there's uh, pretty good evidence that in married couples, um, people choose housing uh, location to minimize the wife's commute, particularly if they are mothers. Mm-hmm. So it could very well be that the reason women are more satisfied with this is the commute is actually different. And the physical environment story, um, we know that women tend to have um, be more likely to be in white-collar jobs than men. So uh, the physical environment for women's jobs might actually be different. So that wouldn't be too surprising. Uh, but some of these things... Um, you the know, my balance actually doesn't surprise me either for okay. that reason, Peter. Right. Simply because I think um, in many families across the U.S., the U.S. has, sorry, the wife has the higher uh, workload when it comes to taking care of the family, either children mm-hmm. or parents. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that work-life balance is really important to them. And I think there's some research that shows that women choose jobs that allow them to yep. manage mm-hmm. their familial responsibilities. Particularly yeah, particularly married women and Correct. married with children. Uh, let's talk about the last one here, and that is, uh, okay, what actually drives their overall satisfaction? This is your chart 11, I think, right? Right. Because uh, these are really different. Yes, they are. So for men, what, what makes them really like their job? What, what sort of attributes of the work? Well, actually, not that surprising. Men are more likely, the academic research has shown that men are more likely to switch jobs. And what drives men more than women 
are their wages. Yep. It's a promotion mm-hmm. policy, the yep. bonus plan, and the retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And all of those are financially related. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So men feel maybe more responsible for the money. Correct. And mm-hmm. then women are more, uh, what drives women more are things like people at work, their workload, mm-hmm. and the communication channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's very interesting. And, you know, I, we've had some debates on our team about, you know, are these just stereotypes that are we're mm. Mm-hmm. We're, we're continuing, right? We're not, we're not trying to do that. Well, you're revealing them. I mean, they do look traditional, and yes. you know, you're revealing them. Um, but uh, you're right; not everybody likes to hear that. Well, <laughs> right? I mean, and, and so you know, if if men are more financially responsible, then it makes sense that they're going to yeah, be more does. willing to switch jobs and that they're going to be more driven by money. Yeah, yeah. No, um, and right. if women are basically bearing higher familial responsibilities, then they're going to be looking at things like their workload. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. Yep. So it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Robin, we should let you go. Thanks very much for being with us on this and interesting stuff. Robin is the principal researcher at the conference board, uh, written the new report, Job Satisfaction, done every year. This one has some new results, interesting stuff about what's been going on. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you.